Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, testing positive today once again as your guest host. It is great to be with you. And something special I wanted to say, which was true yesterday, but I didn't know, actually, that this program, Southern California Live, is now truly Southern California Live from 3 to 5. We should come up with some kind of, uh, you know, line or theme song, I guess, for that. But we're Southern California Live Live from 3 to 5 in both Los Angeles and San Diego. It used to be 3 to three to 5 live in Los Angeles and Los Angeles uh, surrounding greater Los Angeles area. And then 3 to 4 live in San Diego. And then the 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock was repeated at 2 o'clock. And uh, you all would call in at uh, 2.15 in San Diego wondering why I'm not here. Well, now we are live everywhere from 3 to 5. Truly Southern California Live. So welcome to the program. It's great to be with you today. Here's a funny thing. Should I call it a program or a show? My staff one time made fun of me, all the younger people on my church staff, for saying program and not show. I mean, is it is program an old word? I don't know. I like it. I like it's a program, it's a show, whatever it is, I'm glad that you're you're with us. Did you know, by the way, if you want to find a way to volunteer somewhere out there, the Adopt a Highway plan, you ever do that? Adopt a Highway with your, your workplace, your organization? So where you go out and you uh, adopt a section of highway and you pick up trash and you see the sign there on the freeway. They've changed it. Uh, so it's something that you used to do as a volunteer. But now Caltrans is going to offer you volunteers $250 a month to pick up litter as part of a $1.1 billion multi-year cleanup effort. That's like $30 million we're going to spend on the Adopt-A-Highway stipend, which is going to uh, end uh, June 30th. Uh, so that's uh, that's amazing. Um, but I think they need to change the name. It's really Foster Highway now, I think, right? It's not really, if they're going to pay you to do it, it's not the same. But uh, anyway, that's a way to make a little extra cash. Just a little bit of uh, uh, some of the news for you. I'm going to talk about a little bit of news today and uh, some other things. And uh, I want to get to some things here that are kind of important here in a few minutes. Uh, some some Southern California church family things that we should talk about. And I'd love to have you give me a call. The number here is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You can call uh, right now, 888-528-2557. I want you to put that number in your phone, make it uh, something that you can just say, hey, call Southern California Live, and your your phone will just call it right away. You can also email me now at SoCalLive at KKLA, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And if you've got something to send me or comments that you'd rather just email Maybe you're at work or doing something else. And uh, you can also listen on the KKLA or the KPRZ app. So go to those websites respectively for whatever town you're in and download them so we never miss a show. It's a family here in our radio program. That's something great about Christian radio. It's not only do you get some great teaching and some encouraging um, words throughout the day, and hopefully it's growing your, your faith, but we have an opportunity here in the afternoon together to talk about what's going on, to talk about the issues of the day, and to try to get a little bit deeper. You know, we talk about some politics, and we have some fun, and we talk about different subjects. But what I really hope that we are able to do together is help believers become better disciple makers, 
and help people who are not believers really understand what Christianity is, because there are so many things that clutter it up sometimes in the media and sometimes, uh, you know, we do it in churches, by the way. Sometimes when I've given the gospel at a funeral or someplace where I know there's a lot of people who aren't believers, you know, I'll often say a lot of you aren't Christians uh, for various reasons, and sometimes it's because you know a lot of Christians, and that line gets a lot of laughs from the non-Christian crowd out there. And uh, it opens up an awful lot of conversation. So if you're listening and uh, you're not really sure what you believe or uh, you just find this a little bit more interesting than other stuff, we're really glad that you're here. And uh, I want you to give a call if you ever have a question about anything. We will change the subject to answer your spiritual question. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. So I hope you have your coffee. I've got mine with me, the brew of the believer, and uh, that you are refilled for the rest of the afternoon. And uh, I'm ready. So uh, here's something I want to talk about, kind of a a family issue if you are a believer in Southern California. Yesterday on the program, I got an email, a personal email, about halfway through the show. I usually shut that off. Uh, In fact, I haven't done it right now. I'm going to do it right now. I usually shut that off because it's just a distraction, right? Something will come up at church or somebody will send me something that's, you know, it'll pop up on my screen and just distract me from whatever I'm thinking about. Well, this happened. And uh, what it was, though, was an email uh, telling me that uh, another pastor, a very well-known pastor, had passed away. And I didn't say anything yesterday during the show because it wasn't really confirmed, and I didn't know if that was a public thing, and it's not my my job to uh, be the first to let you know uh, before that church had said anything or before the family had been notified. And it came from somebody who knew the family personally, so I didn't really know. But many of you know by now, or maybe you don't know, that Pastor Ray Bentley of Maranatha Chapel passed away unexpectedly yesterday. Uh, from COVID complications. I don't have too many other details on that. Um, But I know that it affects a lot of people throughout all of Southern California. He's been the pastor there uh, at Maranatha Chapel for a long time in the San Diego area. He's been a part of uh, Calvary Chapel movements. And uh, his, uh, many of you have probably benefited in one way or another from his ministry uh, on the radio, you've you've heard him on this station, and you've heard him in lots of different contexts, um, probably. Maybe you didn't even realize you were hearing from him, but he's had a long ministry. And, you know, these things affect us. I Googled it, how many, you know, pastors who have died you know, of COVID specifically, and it's actually quite a bit. Uh, there's quite a few of you who have been uh, hurting because uh, your pastor or other loved one passed away. Got me thinking about a lot of stuff. This was the note from his uh, church, says, Dear Church Family, with grieving hearts, we need to let you know that our dear Pastor Ray went home to be with the Lord this afternoon due to complications of COVID. We are in shock and heartbroken. We find comfort in knowing that he is rejoicing in heaven with his beloved Jesus. Certainly he was welcomed with those beautiful words, well done, a good and faithful servant. Please pray for Vicki and their family and for our church. More information will follow, but now uh, we need to let you know and ask for prayer. May God bless us all. Uh, were you ever part of his ministry? Uh, give us a call if you have any thoughts you want to share about that. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is that number, 888-528-2557. You can call now uh, if you have any any thoughts here. Pastor Greg Laurie tweeted out, uh, so ha- so sad to hear that my friend, Pastor Ray Bentley, died due to complications from COVID. Ray was a faithful pastor, husband and father and grandfather, and death does not have final the final word. Christ does. Ray is alive and well in heaven, and he will be deeply missed. Pray for his family. 
He was good friends with Anne Graham Lotz, uh, Billy Graham's daughter. Many of you know of her ministry, and you've been a part of that. And uh, she's actually had several postings today um, about it. And uh, he was a close friend of her, prayed with her and her family throughout her cancer and through other stuff. And, you know, Pastor Ray has done that with many people in his church and many people all around. Uh, Like many people maybe who aren't prominent, you know, it it matters a lot when somebody who has ministered to so many people um, passes away, and especially when that happens suddenly. So we are keeping the Bentleys in our prayers and, uh, you know, gave me a reminder of a bunch of things, a bunch of things I think for us to, to remember you know, one of those things, you know, when it's about COVID, it stirs up a lot of emotion with all of us. And we talk about COVID on the show. And, you know, we have to talk about issues of the day related to their their policy. We really have to talk about policy and how we can move forward productively and not in a divided way. And we talk about that just as a society, but also as churches, because churches are severely divided right now over people's different notions about COVID and how we ought to handle it and how we should be with each other. And it's been a really difficult time. And one of the things that I'm calling for us to do is be the truth tellers and to be able to lead uh, as believers in our churches. And the conversation is very difficult. It's so emotional. And there are extremes on both sides. You know, when we think about this, there's a survey out that said about 40% of people who are are Democrats believe that um, anybody who gets COVID uh, goes to the hospital, uh, which is not true. It's about 1%. Uh, But on that side of it, it's like, wow, this is, you are scared to death of getting COVID and most people are not hospitalized, but there's people on the right who also have an opinion that sometimes it's just not even for real. And, you know, both of these opinions are wrong. Uh, most people who get COVID are are recover, vaccinated or not, or taking their vitamins or not, or whatever you might be doing or not. Most people have minor symptoms. That's the truth. Um, but COVID is very, very real, and many people are dying of it, not just with it. And it's important from policy discussions that we we understand who the most vulnerable people are, and we understand those kinds of things. But one of the things I want us to remember, even as we sometimes talk about it on this show, and if you if you watch the news, it's it's constant. It's constant today in the news. I just listened to the you know the the news of the day. It's a half an hour program I listened to for news in in Los Angeles, and I would say more than half of that program today has something to do with COVID. It's in the news. It's still a major part of our life two years later, and there are many serious and political and scientific and moral issues that are involved in our policymaking. Lots of questions and inconsistency and chaos, and we have to discuss those things. We have to. But I also want us to be cognizant of people suffering uh, because that's real. And people are suffering from the disease, yes, but lots of people are suffering from fear. Uh, Do you suffer from fear? I know some people who are still terrorized. I know people who have not left their house in two years who believe that the COVID might be just floating around in the air in their backyard and they don't even go outside. And I know people who are so afraid of whatever the government might be doing in all of this that they don't take anything seriously. And some of those people aren't with us. And it's a hard time. 
So I want us to remember that just in your conversations with people, you know, where it really matters. It matters for, you know, us and our program, but it matters for you and the people that you talk to and the people that you interact with on a regular basis, how you come across. Ephesians 4.25, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. See, we have a job as the church. How many churches are in Southern California? Uh, There's one. We meet in different locations and we have different congregations and there's different pastors and different leaders and different people. But you know what? We're all on the same team if you know and love Jesus, if he is your savior, if you've accepted him and his grace as your savior, then you know some things. And one of the things that is also so important for us to remember during these times is that we believe something great that the world needs to know and understand. When you look at the comments that people are making about Pastor Ray, including his church's statement, and when they say, we find comfort in knowing that he is rejoicing in heaven with his beloved Jesus, and certainly he was welcomed with those beautiful words, well done, good and faithful servant. Do you know something? As believers, we believe that that's true, and we don't just believe that's true in a way that we kind of hope that that's true. We don't just say that, and we're just saying that sort of because it's what you say, because you want to comfort people. Actually, we believe that he is with Jesus. That's what we believe, that if in his heart, and we believe so, he accepted Jesus as his Savior. He understood that Jesus died for him and his sins, and that he is robed in the robe of righteousness of Christ. See, we actually believe that. And this is a hope that cannot go away. And we believe this, my friends. This is something we have got to know. And this is one of the reasons that so many people often can't connect with church. It's because we move too far away, so far away from the resurrection. We move too far away from Jesus being the resurrection and the life. We move too far away from the hope that we have in Christ. We're living in an era of tremendous fear, tremendous fear of death. As believers, we don't have to be afraid of death. You know, I don't want to die, and I, I, you know, I've got things I hope the Lord wants me to do. I want to be with my family, and we're going to pray for Pastor Ray's family and those people. That part, you know, is is very sad about death. But when we go and we're with the Lord, we can rejoice and we can say things and believe things that we will be with them again. If you knew Ray, you'll see him again, if you're a believer. You will. And the reason we can say that with confidence is not because of some existential hope that we just sort of have. It's not because some pastor told you that. It's not because you heard it on a radio station or just something that just seems right. We believe this because an event in history where Jesus Christ himself came up out of the grave. We believe it because the one who said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, the one who says no one comes to the Father but by me, the one who lived a perfect life in our place, the one who was crucified for our sins, the one who went to the cross, he said, and the scriptures say, because of your sin, because of your spiritual angst, however you want to define it, whatever guilt you carry around and you're looking for some kind of spiritual solution. The solution is on the cross, my friends. And when Jesus died, the soldier put a sword in his side and his blood was separated, blood and water, 
It was scientific. He died. He wasn't just resuscitated a couple of days later. He wasn't pronounced dead and then suddenly wakes up on the table. He was died, he was dead, and he was buried. And some ladies went a couple of days later to the tomb to better dress his body because the men who took his body off the cross, they just tossed him in there and probably didn't do a good job. The ladies knew that. And they discovered that he has risen. You see, the resurrection is everything about our faith. I cannot say that enough because our faith turns into other things. It turns into going to church. It turns into what church you go to. It turns into who you voted for. It turns into do you wear a mask or not wear a mask? Do you take the vaccine? Do you not take the vaccine? Do you take the vaccine and wear a mask? Do you stop wearing a mask? You start to divide in all these issues. And pretty soon the people who are seeking the truth, they never get to hear about this, that Jesus Christ in history rose from the dead. He physically came up out of the tomb. See, that's where your hope is, my friends. I don't want us to miss this. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host for today. And uh, we're talking a little bit about the death of Pastor Ray Bentley, who died surprisingly yesterday. You can give me a call if you have any thoughts about these things or if you knew him or you had some thoughts about his ministry, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And the comments that are coming in that talk about how we'll see him again and how he was received into heaven. My friends, do not mistake this. We believe this. We believe it because Jesus came up out of the grave and people saw him. They were eyewitnesses. See, your, your New Testament writers, your gospels, these are eyewitness accounts, multiple eyewitness accounts. People who saw him. There are extra biblical cases of people saying, yeah, these people believe that Jesus rose again from the dead. The whole world changed because of that, which would happen if somebody actually came up out of the grave. You should listen to somebody who comes up out of the grave. I think that's a good policy. And what he has to say is, if you believe in me, if you trust me, if you receive what I've done for you, then like me, you will be resurrected and you will come up right out of that grave. See, Jesus got victory over sin and death. Do you know that? And that's why we can say, of Pastor Ray, that we'll see him again with confidence. See, I've, I've done funerals before where nobody believes, and people say the same kind of thing. We'll see him again. We'll, he's in heaven. We'll see him again. The thing is, is that if Jesus didn't rise from the grave, then there's no basis for saying that. There's no comfort in saying that. Do you understand how important this is? That when we as believers make this claim that we're going to see him again, that our loved ones who have passed away for whatever reason, who are in Christ, when we say we're going to see him again, when we say that they are perfectly healed, when we say that they are in tremendous and perfect joy, we mean it. And we mean it not because we just have faith in what a book says. We believe it because there were eyewitnesses who wrote down what Jesus did, that he physically rose from the grave. All of Christianity hangs on this. If Jesus did not rise from the grave, then he's just like all the other spiritual leaders who founded some religion based on some idea, and uh, all you can do is sort of cross your fingers and hope that you've pleased God or pleased the universe or done whatever. But Jesus, in raising from the dead, he's different than everybody else. 
Christianity becomes the only faith that has something different. Every other faith, you get saved, how we're saved is defined by what you do. And hopefully you've earned salvation. That's the idea, but you don't really know. In Christianity, what you do is not why you're saved. Pastor Bentley's not saved because he's a pastor. He's not saved because he did great things as a minister. He's a sinner just like you and I, and he needed a Savior the same way as every single person listening to this show. He's saved because his Savior was Jesus, and he knew that. Because he confessed Jesus as his Savior, because he spoke it, he believed it in his heart. And it's true that he'll be seen again because he didn't die, he lives. He lives with Jesus Christ. Do you know that? I hope that's some encouragement to you. I hope that as we we think about the things that are going on in our world today, that as believers, we can get back and focus on this. It matters so greatly. 888-52-TALKS, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is the phone number. You can call now if you have any thoughts. I'm Scott Furrow. I am your guest host for today on Southern California Live. And I've just been reflecting on uh, my friend and uh, friend of many people, Pastor uh, Pastor Ray Bentley, who passed away suddenly of COVID uh, complications yesterday. Let me just take a minute and uh, I'm going to pray uh, for his family, and uh, then we'll take a break. God, I just want to lift up the family of Ray Bentley. We thank you, Lord, for them, and we want them to be comforted. And all of us are our family in the family of God and the family of Christ. And many of us have other pastors and loved ones who have gone away or were suffering today. I pray, Lord, for the comfort of everybody, that we would be comforted because of the truth of the resurrection of Christ. Because even though he has died, he lives. Because that is the promise for all who believe. I pray for those who are skeptical, who doubt, who don't believe, who are listening, that they would focus on the truth of Jesus Christ and the resurrection and that they would know that that's true and that the promises of Christ are good for them, just as they are for Ray and for everybody else. I pray for Maranatha Chapel and the people who are hurting today, who are part of that church congregation. I pray that they would be comforted, that they would know that you are God and that Ray is with you and that you would give them peace. We thank you for being with us. I pray that all of us listening would be aware of your presence with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to give a call. I'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. Scott Furrow here, your guest host for Southern California Live. Truly Southern California Live. We're 3 to 5 on weekdays right here in KKLA and KKLA in Los Angeles and KPRZ in San Diego. And I want to encourage you to check out the websites, kkla.com and kprz.com, depending on what city or area you live in, and check out all the goings-on. There's a lot of cool stuff on there and uh, different ways to connect with our, the shows. You can connect with me right now at 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is the number. And uh, I thought for this segment... Um, We'll take your calls, but uh, I thought I'd go through some news and some different things that are in the news today and maybe get your thoughts about those things. Uh, Pope Francis said today he criticized couples who choose to have pets instead of children, and he called them selfish, arguing that their decision to not become parents was a loss of humanity and a detriment to civilization. How do you feel about that? Do you 
if, especially if you are a younger couple, uh, do you plan to have kids or do you not plan to have kids? Uh, or do you deliberately not want to have kids? It's a growing trend where more and more couples are saying, no, I'm not having kids. Uh, that's happening a lot. The birth rates in uh, the United States have declined dramatically, uh, very significantly over time. In fact, in most of the uh, Western world, that has been the case. Birth rates have declined significantly. And some of it is, there's a lot of different reasons for that. Um, and then some people are just saying, nope, not going to have kids. Uh, it's kind of a new era for that. Is it wrong? Is it somehow morally wrong to choose not to have kids? Uh, and uh, is it something that uh, is a decision that a person really can, can uh, you know, is there any spiritual component at all? Does, does God really want you to have kids? Is that part of God's will for your life, that you should have kids? Or is that over? It certainly was part of God's plan in the Old Testament, right? You needed to have kids. That was important, all right? But the reason was is because the, one of the purposes of God's people and the people of Israel was that they were going to bring forth the Messiah, and that was going to happen in the line of David. And if you are going to have a Messiah come from the line of David, then the line of David better get busy, and the line of David better be out there uh, having kids. And so it was important biblically before Christ to have kids. Do you need to have kids now? Is that really important? 888-52-TALKS is the phone number, 888-528-2557. What do you think about that? Um, you know, years ago, when I first started in ministry, I oversaw a young adult ministry. Most pastors started with youth ministry somewhere, not me. I started with the already grown-up adults, young adult ministry, post-college ministry. We called it career ministry back in the day. I don't think they call it that anymore because nobody has careers. No, I think they don't call it that because it got a little confusing. It was funny. As I was the, the career pastor, and uh, people would send me their resumes because they thought my purpose as pastor was to help them uh, figure out what you know God's will was for their life uh, and career. And... Uh, that was not my job. I was the pastor for young adults, mostly people in their 20s, post-college age. And this was in the late 90s. So internet was pretty new, okay? People were on dial-up. You had, you know, America Online. Uh, some of you still have an AOL email address. Is that even still a thing? What happened? America Online was like the biggest thing, and you would sign on with your, your digital uh, whatever, and uh, you're calling. You had to call in for internet. It was super slow. You know, if you uh, emailed somebody a picture and or they emailed you a picture, you would sign on and you would uh, click download the picture and then uh, you would go take a shower or something. And, you know, three hours later, the picture that they sent you would show up. And uh, that the world was different. But something that was brand new at the time was online dating. Do you do this? Um, have you been a part of uh, any of that? Well, it was brand new, and there was an organization that no longer exists, but they were recruiting me to try to get people in the group to online date. Now, today, online dating is common. Um, there's some, some of them are pretty good. Some of them are pretty bad. Some of them are not really about dating. They're about other things you shouldn't be doing if you're not married. Uh, but some of them are about finding uh, your, your mate. And uh, if you don't lie on the forums, if you're honest on the little survey they give you, um, it, it's pretty good. It'll match you up with, with people. And the, the little secret is, is most of the people, maybe not most, but about half, about half the people today that I counsel for marriage, they met online. 
Um, and they don't all admit it right away. I always say, well, how'd you meet? And there's, they look at each other, and as soon as they look at each other, I know I'm going to get the, oh, we met at some restaurant thing, but I'm not going to get the real story that is we met on eHarmony and, uh, you know, when there's, you know, that's nothing wrong with that. But in the old days, that was new. And I remember sitting and having this breakfast at a restaurant with a guy who's trying to get me to promote his online dating service. And I remember it vividly because I was, I had eggs over easy and sourdough toast and I was, I had my fork in my hand when he said this, he said, our purpose is to make sure that Christians get married so that we can continue the Christian race. And I thought, you know, I don't know, there's a historical significance to what this guy just said, and I don't really like it. Uh, And I remember stirring the eggs and thinking to myself, uh, you know what, there's no guarantee that having kids, if you're a Christian couple and you have kids, that the kids are going to be Christian. There's no guarantee. I said that to the guy. There's no guarantee at all. There's no Christian race. It doesn't work that way. What on earth are you talking about? Uh, Anyway, so it was a no uh, from uh, that guy. Um, But um, so what are your thoughts about this? Should Christians have kids? Do we need to have encourage our families to be having uh, kids? 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number, 888-528-2557. Let's go to Tracy in Los Angeles. Tracy, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Well, hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good, good. Uh, you have an interesting topic. I am a 50-year-old wo- uh, woman, never married, um, always had a desire to be married and have kids. And I think there comes to a point where you just kind of have to say, I guess it's God's will for my life, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you What do, you do Tracy? I'm actually a teacher. All right. Where do you teach? I teach at a Catholic school. I teach religion and social studies. Oh, wow. Okay. What, uh, what Catholic school? Uh, Cathedral Chapel School in L.A. All right. I'm asking because I went to Paraclete High School in Lancaster. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, I don't know if we ever uh, beat you in football, but, uh, you know. Yeah, maybe we're... Uh, no, no. We're in elementary <laughs> school. So, oh, so. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, hopefully then we didn't beat you. Uh, in right, football. right. Because <laughs> uh, that would that would be unfair unless we're identifying as elementary students on our football team, which maybe you can do today. <laughs> that might be true. Hey, uh, so do you feel good about that? Like that, uh, you know, in your life, you wanted kids, but that it, maybe not God's plan for you. And I know there's yeah, a lot of people you listening know, here in that same place. Yeah, um, at some point, I think you've got to wrestle with it. Uh, yeah. You, you know, just like with anything, you may have a desire, but God may have something else in store for you. And I think for me personally, I've seen how the Lord has confirmed with Scripture, you know, using Isaiah 54 as my life scripture, he told me that even though I don't have any kids, that I'll have more kids than the barren woman. And I have totally seen that in my life from doing children's ministry, you know, for more than 20 years to now becoming a teacher. I have had more influence in children than having my own. What a great way to look at that. Um, yeah, Tracy, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, you know, it's beautiful, but at the same time, as a young woman, you still have to wrestle with your desires and ultimately sacrificing them to God and whatever his desire is that, you know, he'll comfort you in those times of sorrow as well as strengthen you in other ways. Yeah, um, and uh, what a great way to look at it as a teacher and how many kids you get to influence. Um, 
Hey, Tracy, thank you very much for your call. Uh, Tracy referenced Isaiah 54, and what she means is uh, it begins in verse 1. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who are never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. And, uh, you know, there is hope uh, for everyone and purpose for our lives. Um, and God just has a different plan for each one of us. And look at what Tracy gets to do. She didn't have kids herself up to this point, but she uh, is influencing the life and being able to teach all of these kids. 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number, 888-528-2557. Joseph in Monrovia, welcome to the show. How's it going, sir? Uh, good. How are you doing, Joseph? Uh, I'm doing okay. What's on your mind? Okay. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I just wanted to comment... Um, because I, I just this is probably the first time I've heard your radio station. I mean, your radio uh, program. Yeah, well, welcome and, to Southern uh, California Live. Yeah, and um, it's uh, what came to mind is the verse Malachi chapter two verse three. Um, I've kind of wrestled with this subject in the past. Talked to other brothers about uh, not only the idea of having children, but even getting married in general. Because I think a lot of times people choose celibacy. Um, because they think they can't find a maid or whatever it might be. Um, and just to kind of put it real plainly and simply, uh, um, and you can tell me what you think, but, um, you know, in Malachi chapter 2, verse 3, it says that God instituted marriage because he desired godly offspring, um, which I think kind of speaks to whatever subject you had with that other individual where they were talking about the Christian race or, or whatnot, um, regardless of whether or not we mm. know that the children are going to be saved. I mean, yeah, it's, there's uh, always that possibility that maybe some kids won't be uh, Christian if you have a family. Um, but in general, it seems that the Scripture teaches, you know, like how it says, if you raise your kids in the way of the Lord, they will not uh, later depart from them. So there's like an optimistic idea that, you know, when Christians get together, raise their kids under God's uh, ordinances, um, that there's a higher maybe probability or chance or that God blesses them so that uh, that there will be more Christian children and people and people who hold to those <laughs> values in this world. You know? Yeah. Hey, so, i got to go to a break. So, yeah. Joseph, thanks for your call, and I'll respond to you when I come back from the break, okay? Hey, thanks for listening. Really appreciate that you are part of Southern California Live. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you today on our program this fine afternoon here in Southern California. We've been talking about whether or not Christians need to be having kids. Uh, Pope Francis said today that um, Christians really need to be having kids and said it's against humanity. I think what he was getting at in in many ways was more about treating your pets like their kids. Uh, Some people do that. You know, of course, he, I think, said one time that dogs go to heaven, which I'm not really too sure there's any evidence of that. Uh, Don't want to start that debate. But, uh, you know, what he's trying to say is, hey, we need to have kids. I think some of what he's talking about has uh, to do with a few other things like uh, demography, just that people in Western nations aren't having enough kids and it's going to change the world. It radically changes the world, uh, the number of kids that you're having. Um, Before we went to the break, Joseph called, and uh, he was talking about whether or not Christians should have children, and his argument was that, yes, we should, and he was quoting, I think he said Malachi 2, 3, 
but I don't think he meant 2.3. I think he means 2.15. What he actually quoted was Malachi 2.15. And uh, that verse in particular says, has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does that one God seek? Godly offspring. Uh, So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. Uh, It's a great verse. And uh, one of the things that you should always do when you have a Bible verse is make sure that you keep it in context, all right? One of the uh, really good apologetics ministries, and I'm blanking on the name of which one, but uh, I know their slogan. Their slogan is never read a Bible verse. And the whole idea is you always want to put things in the context. And here the context of a lot of this chapter here in, in Malachi is actually divorce and the marrying of people who aren't believers, okay? with the idea that now in the Old Testament, part of the reason for having kids was to continue uh, the Jewish nation and that in the line of David, uh, a Savior is going to come. And there is a great uh, need in God's plan for people to have kids. But once the Savior comes, the interesting thing is in the New Testament, we don't seem to have any real command to have kids. And uh, he asked me for my opinion on it. I think that the best way to look at this statement here from a a New Testament perspective and even from the Old Testament perspective in context, all right, is that the context really is godly offspring, which even if Christians have kids together, as uh, uh, Joseph did mention, there's no guarantee that those kids are going to be godly. I mean, that's a crisis we have uh, in our churches today. Uh, 75% of kids, according to uh, surveys, don't or leave the church once they graduate high school which says we're not doing it right in church. Now, a lot of those kids come back, by the way. I mentioned uh, in the last segment that I used to be the young adult pastor. And a wonderful thing about young adult pastoring is that a lot of those kids are kids who are coming back. And they left the church during college, um, and then they graduated college, got into real life, and uh, found out they don't know everything and found out their parents were right about a lot more than they thought. And they come back often wounded, by things that they thought were okay that turned out not to be okay, and they come back to their own faith. That's not their parents' faith. That is really, truly theirs, and they are devout. They are Christians, and usually Christians for for life. It's a fun ministry, a fun age uh, to be a part of, and that happens a lot. And that, that part of the story often isn't quoted when we give you the bad news about all these kids not you know leaving the church after high school. A lot of them do come back. So be encouraged. What I would say here is godly offspring matters and that we teach our kids about Christ. But as far as actually having kids, this will be an encouragement that I'll give you. And I know that some of you are listening, and this is a painful subject for you because you've been wanting to have kids and you haven't for one reason or another. Um, And uh, I know that, and I'm with you. One of the things that I want to do, though, is encourage something else. And this is what I actually told that guy I was having breakfast with who uh, thought we needed to uh, increase the, the Christian race I talked about in the last segment. Maybe Christians should adopt. There is such a calling today for us to adopt and to foster kids. Um, Maybe part of God's call in your life, maybe the reason that you're not having kids, maybe it's biological, maybe you need some help, maybe there's some reason. But in the meantime, maybe God wants you to adopt. You know, I think there's a real good chance Roe versus Wade gets overturned next summer by the Supreme Court. When that happens, uh, it's not going to change a lot, not as much as I think some people think, certainly not in California. Okay, California is going to keep its uh, laws uh, most likely. But there is going to be a greater need for adoptions. 
and there is tr- today a tremendous need for adoption and fostering kids. You know, Christians, I think that's something else that we need to consider, that maybe that's what God wants. And if you take the Malachi passage into con- context, you know, your adopted kids can be your godly offspring. You raise them up in the faith. You teach them about Jesus, the f- kids that you foster that maybe you will adopt at some point. Uh, you do that. Anyway, that's my, my thoughts about it. I'll close out that subject because i got one more call I'll take here in a minute that's on uh, a different subject. Um, but I want to encourage you, and uh, you know, if it's really something that you're struggling with, uh, pray to the Lord about it and say, God, what is your will? And you know, if you really feel like it's God's will that you have kids and you're married and you, your, your spouse agrees you want to go have kids, uh, go see a doctor and say, hey, we want to have kids, you know, and uh, they can help you. Uh, there's actually a lot of support that's not necessarily a bunch of uh, expense, okay? There's, there's a lot of things out there uh, that you can do. But if this is not God's will or if you go through all those things and it doesn't work, you need to consider that God's will might be that you adopt, and there is a tremendous need for adoption, and Christians should be adopting. If we're going to be opposed to abortion, one of the things that we need to do is be, be vigilant about adopting kids and helping each other with kids and helping each other with with moms or families that can't afford it, single moms, moms with crisis pregnancies, all of those things. Maybe the reason that so many couples are struggling to have kids today is because what God actually wants is us to adopt. Just something to consider, just something I think that we should think about with that. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. All right, Kevin, you've been holding for a long time. You are on the 71 freeway. Welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks for holding. Thanks, Scott, for taking the call. I I would be one of those calling in to want to join those and wanting to extend comfort to the Ray Bentley family. And my um, concern and my uh, question would be whether or not it would be helpful, since I know that as followers of Jesus, we want to be truth seekers. And I, I, I'm a lawyer that does wills and trusts, so I live in the world of grieving and loss and comfort and and the thought I would have is that comfort isn't advanced if there's obfuscation or um, uh, not clarity. And in this, I'm 72 years old, Scott, and I've never seen a time where there are more sudden or swift or inexplicable deaths, kind of like I, I understand that Pastor Benton's death is described as sudden. And I, I know there's some people out there in this COVID thing that well, the shots are killing people, and others are thinking, no, 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 no. Uh, the yeah, shots there's... are your best ticket in COVID, and I wonder whether it could be helpful for somebody in the in the Bentley uh, world to get clarity on, did your pastor take some of the shots well, or not, to help get clarity? What do you think of that? Yeah. Uh, all right, Kevin, thank you for your call. You know, Kevin, I know a lot of people are, are thinking those kinds of things. Here's what I would say here is let, let's not have that conversation right now around uh, the Bentley family. It's a private matter, and it is something that uh, the family is grieving through. And we don't know all the details, and and the specific details are not really part of our. They're not really our business. Uh, now I'm going to answer your question a little more in in detail because I do understand where you're coming from. But I I think that that's something for us to grasp when this happens with when it's a COVID death or and there's lots of things people are saying. Um, number one, here's something to know when. Ray or people that you know, I know a few people personally, some friends who have died of COVID, not with COVID, but of COVID. Here's something that we have to understand is true. Jesus was not surprised to see them. Whatever the case may be, 
whatever underlying things might be there. Jesus didn't say, hey, why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. What are you doing here? And we need to know that. And we need to comfort every family who is dealing with these things with that. That, you know, we all, whatever the causes of our death, we tend to ask these questions. You know, what if I had done this? Or what if I had done this? Or should I have done this? We have those, that's part of uh, grieving. Uh, Every family goes through that. Every person, even just when you have injury or other sicknesses and you survive it, you still ask those questions. We do that with our parents, our parents who live to be 125 years old and they die. And we still say, gosh, what if I had done this? So keep that in mind, that Jesus is not surprised at anybody's death. And then secondly, let's try to separate the, the policy questions and the other things from specific people and their grieving and leave whatever follow-up, if it's appropriate at all, maybe it isn't because we don't know, uh, to the families, to the people who are grieving. Let, the, let that congregation kind of deal with it. I don't even know those kinds of issues. I think that's important um, that we respect each other in this way. And as believers, we recognize that, you know what, everyone's going to die of something. And what is most important is whether or not that person knew Jesus. That is the most important thing. That's what we're about. Kevin, thank you for your call. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back with hour number two right after this break. Thank you for listening. I'll be right back.